Malak. These hells offer themselves to those with the might and will to take them. The Hag Countess. Welcome, humble adventurers, to my realm of knowledge and mystery. Here, in my cursed library, are endless tomes and scrolls on the darkest and evilest foes in all the realms. Be they from Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, the many worlds of darkness, or any realm in between. Welcome to the Dastardly Decimal System. I'm your caretaker of the corrupt, the librarian, Caster Kane. Good military commanders will study the victories of greater men. Great military commanders also studied the failures. In the Nine Hells, a great enough failure can result in your demotion. Now that is more than just simply losing a rank or position. You could have your entire body shifted and transformed into that of a lesser devil. In the history of Bator, there is no greater loss or transformation than the loss of the rank of Archdevil. Today, I pull forth yet another failed fiend desperate for revenge. For this conversation, I have brewed us a pot of willow tea. It is a natural painkiller that can ease in the pain of a shifting and growing body. So take a seat as I pour you a cup. Today we talk about another exiled ruler of the hells. Today we talk about the Hag Countess. <laughs> Malagard, the hag countess, was not a devil. She was just as her name suggested, a hag. She was a stooped, ten-foot-tall crone, made withered and hunched by the trials of time. Her eyes glowed a hellish red. Her hair was coarse and gray. Her warty skin was deeply bruised and riddled with boils, blisters, and sores. A set of tattered, black-feathered wings rested on her back. Malagard was a conniving schemer and a treacherous deceiver. Yet, because she was a night hag and not a devil, she had her own unique mannerisms. She was more distant and whimsical and preferred a questions first, torture later type of mentality. She tolerated no insolence or foolish behavior from others, forbade unthinking brutality and loathed rudeness. She would often raise her fortresses of any that were rude or violent, thinking their actions looked poorly upon herself. The Hag Countess possessed stronger powers than the Hag she called her children. Her magic included a great control of fire. She could summon tongues of flames that would endlessly burn, lapping at all within its reach. She could create balls of fire that could light up the sky, fooling others to believe a second sun had been formed. She had an enhanced polymorphing skill and the ability to summon swarms of meteors that would rain down upon her foes, all the while ripping into their soul and adding levels of insanity and vile corruption into their minds. Her frail body held a surprising amount of speed, strength, and plague-ridden bite attacks. The few that survived the flesh-ripping force of her teeth were often left sick and ill 
as disease would spread throughout their body, slowly sapping at whatever life they had left. Maligard was also a skilled swordsman. She fought with a magical greatsword, light in her hands but heavy in all others, that became more powerful when bathed in blood. While normally a calm sort, when Malagard was filled with fiery fury, so too was her blade, burning with a bright blue flame. One cannot talk about the Hag Countess without discussing Malbolge, the layer of hell she once ruled. Malbolge is the sixth layer of hell. Its landscape was a steep, infinitely craggy incline, often prone to avalanches that would crush anything and anyone unlucky enough to be caught within. Most of its habitations were copper-clad fortresses built from black stone. The largest of these were prisons holding devils from all across the Nine Hells. Malbolge has known more rulers and lords than any other lair, with the names of many being lost to the endless seas of time. The story of the Hag Countess begins not with her, but with Moloch, the Grand Duke. Moloch had a consort named Lilith, and a second consort, one that also acted as his advisor, named Malagard. She was a night hag from the gray wastes of Hades. She was a cunning warrior and a seductress. She had lived long enough in the Nine Hells to study forbidden lore and to expand her powers beyond anything her kind had ever seen. She gained offensive spells like Fireball and Lightning Bolt, more lasting spells like Animate Dead and Necrotic Arcane Assaults like Eyebite. With her dark, corrupted magic, she could reach into a foe's mind and bestow insanity upon it. It was her skills and cunning that first caught Moloch's eyes and allowed her to so easily seduce him. Malagard acted as Moloch's lover and counsel, but as is often the case in the Nine Hells, all was not what it seemed. While she bolstered his already unwieldy ego, whispering thoughts into his ears of taking the hells for himself. She did so at the behest of a snake-like fiend known as Guryon. Malagard, in truth, was a lover of Guryon. The, at the time, ruler of Stygia, the fifth layer of hell. Guryon was a mortal enemy of Moloch, a feud that had lasted eons. Feuds between archdevils could not be solved with methods as simple as brawling. Instead, to strike at a lord of hell, one had to use cunning and guise, and more importantly, make sure that their actions always remained covert.
In the depths of hell, a rebellion was forming. The lords of the nine hells were uniting together with one purpose, to dethrone Asmodeus. Unbeknownst to all, however, Geryon remained loyal to Asmodeus, and as the rebellion began, he started his manipulative machinations. First, he would start by weakening the rebellious lords, and to do that, he used his agents and his lovers. At the behest of her serpentine lord, Malagard pushed Moloch into joining Beelzebub's rebellion. Her whispers filled Moloch's ears with thoughts of powers and riches. His coffers would be lined with soul coins, and his forges would be roaring with the power of souls. Vast armies would be at his disposal, and the material plane would tremble once more at the mere mention of his name. He would once again be recognized as one of the greatest warriors and one of the greatest generals ever to walk across all of existence. All he had to do to achieve this was to help overthrow Asmodeus. As the reckoning of hell progressed, Moloch found his attention pulled away from his own lair. Malagard used this distraction to subtly steal more and more power away from the Grand Duke. As her whispers to the Grand Duke continued, her cunning words also found the ears of the Pit Lord commanders of Moloch's army. So strong was her grip, and so seductive were her words, that in the middle of the rebellion's final battle, the Pit Lord generals of Moloch's army turned against their commander. When the alliance failed and the other archdukes retreated, Malagard whispered once more into Moloch's ear. She convinced him that Asmodeus would respond positively to strength. Moloch remained firm in his insolence, refusing to bend the knee to the Lord of Hell. Asmodeus cast him from his rank and put Malagard in his place, anointing the Hag Countess as a ruler of Hell. This was an act that shocked everybody, except for her. Malagard's personal keep was constructed inside the core of a boulder the size of a mountain. It would eternally roll down the slopes in unpredictable paths, making the Countess hard to hunt down and track. Alongside her personal keep were her fortresses scattered all across the land, each housed of nightmares, medusas, and various other hags. She would travel from fortress to fortress upon a nightmare named Bloodcurdle. On her travels, she was accompanied by a pit fiend named Byleth. Her favorite game was to disguise herself and show up at the fortress door to test the guardians. Viciously punishing those that failed 
and doing far, far worse to those that were rude. The hag countess was a trickster and an avid soul collector. She took great pleasure in luring others to Malbolge, mortal or otherwise, before crushing them with rocks or meteors, harvesting their souls for her ever-growing collection. Her chancellors, Axacrucis and his legion of Perleon devils, and her hags were given high soul quotas to meet. Many thought that the conniving countess was storing so much power so she could make an attempt at Asmodeus. But the truth was, she had little interest in devil politics. The hag countess had a loftier goal in mind. She was collecting souls to ascend to godhood. But the hag countess never got the chance. One morning... After the countess had risen from her slumber and set about her day, she was suddenly stricken with awful convulsions. She collapsed onto the slopes of Malbolge while screaming in agony. With each cry of pain, the ground shook with it. From there, Malagard's body cancerously expanded, different limbs becoming one with the terrain. The lair she once ruled was now using her body to remake itself. Her hair became forests of giant lice and other massive vermins. Her skull transformed into a giant fortress as her teeth gruesomely formed the collections of ivory ores. Her fingers were transformed into ivory towers, and her ribs became bizarre mountains that encircled all of Malbolge all while her internal organs ruptured into lakes of bodily fluids or turned into an intestinal tunnel system. When the land settled and the hag's death echoes faded into the ether, the remaining survivors of the catastrophe re-emerged and stared in shock as Glacia, Asmodeus's daughter, ascended from the lower regions of hell, claiming herself as the rightful ruler of Malbolge. It was in that moment that Asmodeus's plans were truly revealed. He had no desire or machinations for the hag. She was simply a placeholder. Malbolge needed a disposable ruler until his daughter was ready to take the throne. Many of the hag countess's loyalists tried to avenge her, but each were brutally punished for it. Bloodcurdle the Nightmare was eviscerated after tossing Glacia off of his back and into a lake of bile, while Chancellor Axacrucis was trapped and tortured in a prison of the hag's own fingers, his undying form used to feed a legion of imps. Glacia now sits on a throne literally made from the hag countess's body. 
but is the hag truly dead? After all of my research, I have my doubts. While there have been countless, countless examples of Asmodeus changing the form of a devil, the sages seem to disagree on whether or not he has the ability to outright kill an archdevil. Many think, despite her new form, that the hag countess still lives, eternally in pain, but forever scheming for her malicious return. Throughout my research, it is extremely rare to see true evil actually die. It always returns. Which makes me think it unlikely that a woman of such dark magic and divine aspirations as the Hag Countess would not have some backup plan to return. The largest piece of evidence to support this idea is found in the Caliban Devil. They emerged from her rotting carcass some even taking the form of a female humanoid that was reminiscent of the Hag Countess herself. These fiends live with the eternal desire to be reunited with their loyal mistress, weeping the loss of Malagard with loud, bone-chilling shrieks that seem to forever echo in the darkness of one's mind. It seems that our tea has once again run dry, which means our time is up. Join me again in my library for more stories and lore about the darkest villains from the darkest realms. This has been the Dastardly Decibel System, and once again, I am your librarian, Caster Kane. The Destiny Decimal System can be found on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at DD System Podcast. That's Delta Delta System Podcast. Drop us a message, say hi. Vega always loves the attention. This podcast was produced by Midnight Reading Audio, a division of Midnight Reading Publishing. The voice of Castor Kane is Larry Gent. Hi. The voice of Vega is provided by our cats, Vash and Zid. Music was Dark Ambient by Sergey from Pixabay.com. Licensed under the Creative Commons. Thank you, and have a wonderful, wonderful evening.